Okay, so let's uh, tap a couple quick loose ends. little breaking news this morning. Russell Westbrook will sign with the Clippers. So see, Josh, we get Russ and Paul George back together. You knew it was just a matter of time, right? The band's all back together. I don't – I mean, the Clippers are just – they're throwing everything up against the wall to try to see if it sticks right now. I think the only team that seems more desperate right now than the Clippers are the Lakers. Man, I got to be honest with you. Never, ever, ever give Sam Presti all of the, uh, the, the gifts with the shades dropping down on top of him. Never could have imagined that these picks are going to work out as well as it looks like they're going to with the, with the Clippers. Hmm. Unless Kawhi decides he's going to start playing a little bit more regularly. We'll see. Uh, we haven't talked about the NBA All-Star game yet today. Um, in fact, it's number five in our top five stories of the day. So you just want to launch into the top five stories of the day? I think it is, uh, well, I think it's about that time. All right, let's do it. Top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, online at newcastlecasino.com. I think we're uh, due for a trip out to Newcastle Casino for the show. That's right off I-44, exit 107, with 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat, newcastlecasino.com. All right, since I brought it up, let's talk about the NBA All-Star Game. Big story number five. Number five. Okay, let me let me get my big, my little national take out of the way here. I don't know how to feel about this because, like, I'm not, I'm not mad, but I wasn't entertained. I didn't feel like it deserved more, but I kind of expected more. I don't really know what I would one out of an all-star game, but I know it's not this. But, yeah, Josh, I'm not overly mad about it because I don't really know if I care that much about it. See see this tangled web that I weave right now inside my mind and how to feel about this stupid all-star game yesterday? I didn't really watch any of this weekend in general. I didn't watch the three-point contest, didn't watch the all-star game, rising stars, none of it. What did I miss? Mac McClung, he stole the All-Star weekend. Um, I, I will say, as somebody who is bullish right now, okay, bullish. This is um, for those who have listened with my frustration about where the Thunder were last year about this time. Uh, my disappointment was with them shutting guys down. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case this year. And we'll see how Chet Holmgren fits in. But I am bullish on their future. I do live in that world where I'm just happy that everyone gets out without getting hurt. It's like, just don't get hurt. Don't get hurt in an all-star game. Make them pitch to you. Don't help them. <laughs> Make them pitch to so you. So I'm just always in that position where I don't, I don't want them to get hurt. So that's – but then I'm, like, mad if it's not an overly competitive and jaw-dropping weekend. Listen, I think – I talked to Rick Kamla this morning from NBA Radio, and I asked him how the Mac McClung thing came about. And he thinks that the NBA really scouted it, that they knew that they did not have a – they didn't have a stellar crew for the dunk competition. And so they basically um, say, hey, get Mac McClung in there. 
Sign him, Philly. Do us a solid. And it worked out. I mean, that was really the hit of the All-Star Weekend. Oh, hold on. Actually, I would like to apologize, Josh. Incorrect. I am wrong once again on this show. And if you listen with any regularity, you would know that seems to be pretty common. The absolute star of the NBA All-Star Game, if you were watching, was the moment when they tried to do the draft, right? So they're doing the draft different. The draft is live. You've got um, you've got Giannis standing to the left of Ernie Johnson Jr. You've got LeBron James standing to the right. And then you've got Ernie Johnson. And then this this is what it sounded like, Josh. This And so you got Ernie saying, welcome to the draft, because they're going to draft the players. And they're going to do it all. They'll do it live. And, and Giannis screwed that up because you were supposed to pick the reserves first and he picked the starter. But – this was a true highlight of All-Star Weekend. He could pick each other. No, reserves so far. Could they actually pick the other one? For the first time ever. That's interesting. Are you dummies listening to the reserves? No, after the reserves. Hey, hey, hey. That's a beauty. Say something, Chuck. I'll smack you with this mic right now. I'll tell you what. Ain't no people here that pull me off of you, guys. They had left Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Shaquille O'Neal's mic hot. So while Giannis, LeBron, and Ernie Johnson Jr. are trying to give the draft, all you hear is Chuck, Kenny Smith, and Shaq talking gas to each other. That's all you hear. Now, thankfully, they didn't drop any bombs. But, yeah, that was the highlight of the weekend for me. That's all you missed. And they didn't say anything controversial, and they didn't drop any bombs. And, honestly, it winds up being a win-win because they were entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there was, of course, the, I guess the final call would be something worth listening to from last night. Does it do anything for you at all? Maybe circles out. No good. Tipped in an offensive rebound to Lillard. Dame time from the hash. Hits it. Damian Lillard, the game winning three. Team Giannis with the win. Dame time pointing to the wristwatch, the imaginary wristwatch. Yeah, it was, um, it was tough to watch. But like I said, I, I I don't know how to feel about it, right? Um, Jason Tatum scored 55 double nickel, most in an all-star game. And literally, I don't know if he had a hand in his face all night long. So, get off my lawn. I'm, I guess it's, what's the, it's, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> right. I think that's what fits here for me with the NBA. I ain't mad. I get it. It's the all-star break. But I'm disappointed. You know what ruined me on the NBA All-Star game, which I think ruined us all, was the uh, All-Star game after Kobe had passed in the helicopter accident. I want to say that was 2020, right? And we got the All-Star game in right before COVID hit, and it was awesome. They had the Eller scoring system, right? And dudes were playing defense. I kept winning the All-Star game there meant something. But no, no, we get that. Now we wait until Thursday for the start of the second half of the season. Are you now on Are you on Team Thunder, Josh Helmer, to make a run towards the playoff? Are you Team Thunder? Are you okay if maybe you see a little bit of a backslide? I'm Team Lottery pick. <laughs> Love it. All right, um, anything else from the All-Star Weekend? Uh, we, we had the expansion conversation, right, where 
Um, Adam, Adam Silver. Silver. Thank you. I'm going to call him Adam Line. Schefter a thousand times. <laughs> Schefter. Line. What's, uh, give me the script for the show. <laughs> uh, where Adam Silver said, what, 25? So after the 24-25 season, um, when they have a new CBA and they have a new TV deal, that that's when they'll look at expansion. Uh, it, Charles Barkley, I thought, had some – Pretty damning words for the for the NBA and what's going on today. Y'all baby these dudes so much today. They don't want to play back-to-back games. Every time a fan says something, they get them tossed. If they're not happy, they want to get traded. Like, it's going to come to a head in the next CBA. Yeah, CBA is coming up. Uh, probably will become a major topic of conversation at the end of this season. What, what does he mean by that? They're not going to get paid as much? Is that what he's saying? <sighs> Rules against... Probably load management. I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't. If I could steal that DC analogy, toothpaste is out of the tube. I don't know how you can start paying them less. Yeah, and you're not going to get any unless you get less in your next TV deal, which is possible, right? Well, viewership has been down, has it not? Yeah, it has. All right, and, and I mean, look, the pack. If the Pac-12 can't find a home, all right, big story. <laughs> right. Big story number four. Number four. Um, And again, this is something that probably only mattered to me, but it was wild. NASCAR at Daytona. This will make it official. Stenhouse now three wide. Here comes Kyle Larson right up the gut. The challenge is for the lead. Joey, look out. Oh, they're in the wall. A.J. Allmendinger is in the fence. The entire pack blows up. Caution is on the speedway. The race is deemed official. NASCAR, by rule, who is leading when the caution flag gets called, that will be the winner of the Daytona 500. We're hearing that it is official. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has won the Daytona 500. All three of Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s wins are restrictor plate tracks. And how fitting for a dude that causes so many cautions to win under caution. Big story for me, Christopher Bell finishes third. Um, I listened to this whole race. I listened to every lap of this race. Really? In my drive. Yep. I got in my car. Um, and again, thanks to, to Fowler Toyota, got in my car, got, the got the road trip up. I 35 tuned on NASCAR radio. And I listened the whole way. And I don't know if there is a sport that you don't think would translate to radio that it's absolutely incredible on radio like NASCAR. Well, and those guys, oh. I bet, are so good. They're so good. I, I applied one time for the PRN. It's one of the few jobs that I actually, like, went to the guy and said I want to do it. Begged him. Like, let me do a race. He's like, well, how about this? He's like, I'll listen to your tape. And when you come down for a Texas race, why don't you check out our control room? And you got to remember, I'm, I'm a hayseed. I'm like 25 at this point. I think I know everything. I went and I saw their radio setup, Josh, and it looked like a TV network, and I was like, I'm out. This is way, <laughs> above my pay this, grade. This is way, no way much for me. I'll see you guys in about 20 years, okay? But, no, it, it, it was an awesome listen. I'm pumped for Christopher Bell. I hate the way that it ended, but we're off to California, and now the real season starts. And this will be, I believe, the final race in California under the current structure of the auto club speedway because they're going to use two years to rebuild the auto club speedway and make it a short track. So California, Vegas, Phoenix, Atlanta, the start of the real 
NASCAR season begins next week. Kudos to Christopher Bell. Big story number three. Number three. It's the story that's driven this program all morning long. Breaking news from the college football world. And it's, it's interesting. Josh, it looks like college football is trying to do something about the length of games. Now, again, there's a lot of other topics in college football. There's reports of a potential merger between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. There's talks about the Pac-12 TV deal and what they can or can't get done. But several different entities out there this morning talking about what could be the shift away from timeouts. Hold on, what am I saying? The shift away from the clock stopping after every first down. The most intriguing one might have been the idea that they were going to start the clock on incomplete passes. And then two others about back-to-back timeouts. And what no uh, first or third quarter untimed downs. So untimed downs, first and third quarter, back-to-back timeouts, kind of meh. But the idea that the only time the clock would stop after a first down would be under two minutes of each half, um, that's fascinating to me. I find that to be kind of interesting. And I I would be fine with it. But the starting of the clock after an incomplete pass, maybe I'm being overly dramatic, but I kind of feel like that would change the game quite a bit, don't you? Definitely shorten it. Yeah, it gets into the are you are you altering the intention, the integrity of the game a little bit? Because correct me if I'm wrong here, an incomplete pass is always meant the clock stops. That's right. That's right. So this would be a wild departure. Yeah. Oh, it would be it would be insane how different things would be. So we'll keep an eye on it. I don't know that the one thing that the articles many are, are writing about it right now doesn't really seem to lay out is what the timetable would look like. It it, it doesn't really seem to give you an idea of okay, um this would happen in two or three years or uh, this coming season. I mean, I don't know why you would have to. If if everyone agrees on it, Josh, I don't know why I would have to. You just instituted this season. Yeah, I don't know why it would take so long. But anyway, here we are. Never know. So it's out there. It's a conversation. We'll see if we get anything more from it. But again, the four major pillars of this is the idea that the colleges would, schools, universities football prohibit consecutive timeouts i seen the kicker no one time down to the end of the first and third quarter clock runs after first downs except inside of two minutes of a half and the clock runs on incompletions once the ball is spotted it's driven this show today we'll get the best of your air comfort solutions texts coming up in just a bit big story Number two. Number two. So, big weekend in college basketball. We brought up the weirdness in in Lawrence. Like, the first half was all Baylor. George, three, rolls it for him. (laughs) You talk about the shooter's roll. George got it there. 13-point lead for the Bears. Biggest of the day. Runner left side. No good by Dewan Harris. Rebound Baylor. Here comes Keontae George. He'll fire another three. Oh, he hit it and he's fouled. Keontae George feeling it. 
Could you tell, Josh? Could you tell that it was a party for Baylor in the first half of that game? We're going to win. We're going to win in the fog. We're right. going to win the league. Right. Uh, I mean, wait, wait for it. They were in complete control of that. I was trying to find their largest lead of the first half. Um, I think 16. It might have gotten up to 19, though. Well, and, and he, here's the other part of it. It got up to that number with, I, I, I mean, like three. It wasn't like they started hot like TCU did against Oklahoma or what Iowa State did against TCU. But literally, it was, it was 322 to go, 332 to go in the first half, and they were up 17. They were up 40 to 23. I mean, literally at that point, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're in so much trouble. They went at a half with a 13-point lead did Baylor over Kansas, and then the second half happened. Get away by Wando. What a steal for Harris. Here comes Kansas. Grady for the lead. He got it. Grady did for three. KU has surged in front. And listen to the best arena in basketball. <laughs> 55-26, they outscored them after recess. That's wild. That is wild. And Kansas, of course, went on for the 87-71 win. Ain't that right, Brian Haney? You can rock. Chalk it up. The Jayhawks win. Uh, the road to a Big 12 title still goes through Lawrence. He ain't wrong. Uh, Kansas has Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State remaining. That's at KSU. Let's see, what is today's date? On Tuesday, Tuesday, they're at Kansas. Wait, that can't be right. Well, I'm looking at Baylor's schedule. I apologize. Here's the games left for Baylor. It's like, whoa, they've already, they're making them go to Kansas State twice. How dare the Big 12? <laughs> um, Baylor is at Kansas State on Tuesday. They get Texas at home on Saturday. They go to Stillwater a week from today, and then they host Iowa State in the final regular season game on March 4th. But Kansas, who is now – our Baylor, who has split with Kansas, is now a full game behind the Jayhawks and the Longhorns. I have said it a lot, Josh, and I truly feel it. Here's what Texas has left. They've got Iowa State tomorrow night at home. They go to Baylor, as we just brought up on the 25th, to TCU, who's suddenly a problem. And then they wrap things up at home against Kansas. And speaking of the four games that are left for Kansas – kind of feel like they might be in the driver's seat right now. Uh, Even though TCU smoked them at home, they've got West Virginia and Texas Tech at home, and then they go to Texas. There's a really good chance that the Big 12 championship could be decided on March 4th inside the Moody Center between Kansas and Texas right now. KU had erased that deficit, the 13-point deficit, and led five minutes and 31 seconds into the second half. 18-3 run. There They're so ridiculous. Hey, it was a bounce-back day on Saturday as well for one Big 12 contender. Here's Marquise with it against Lipsy. Keeps the dribble, drives inside, off to Johnson, layup, good on the reverse! Keontae Johnson with 15, Wildcats lead 59-52. That was a fun game um, between Kansas State and, and Iowa State. Kansas State continues to be the hardest thing to figure out on the road. Can't, uh, did I say that right? Iowa State? Iowa State continues to be the hardest thing to figure out on the road. Kansas State beats them 61-55. to So 
the Wildcats, who had started to flounder just a little bit, lost a few games maybe that they weren't expected to, still find themselves very much alive. Uh, I mean, you're two games back, so I don't want to say for the Big 12 tournaments or for the Big 12 regular season championship, but not all hope is dead for Kansas State. Kansas and Texas are tied for the top spot at 10-4. and four. Baylor's a game back at 9-5, and five, and then there's the Wildcats and the Cyclones at 8-6. and six. Anything else from college basketball that really caught – the top 16 was released. I don't think there was any surprise there, right? Um, Alabama was the overall number one. Houston was number two. Kind of have Baylor and Kansas battling for a one seed from the Big 12. Anything else really catch your eye from college hoops this weekend? Your boy Fran tried to start a fight again after the game against Northwestern last oh, night. Oh, boy, he got the old heave-ho. <laughs> Courtney Green, let me tell you, was not a popular not a popular figure in Iowa Hawkeye circles last <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. No need to panic over Sooner softball. They're going to be okay. This is where the championship mindset perseveres. I I say this knowing no one is freaking out. It's been as calm, cool, and collected as my timeline has ever been, even if you're having to deal with Jen Schroeder taking a victory lap in the second weekend of the season. Mind you, the second weekend of the season. Hopefully Oklahoma just beats UCLA by 75 runs. I hope they get to play. I'm really worried about the weather next weekend in Palm Springs. But the good news is usually when I worry about the weather, Josh, nothing happens. OU women's basketball, huge win. Charlie Cream, uh, he hasn't updated his bracketology today, but in his most recent update from Friday, he had the Sooners up to a four seed hosting their own pod, their own regional, with UCLA potentially coming to town. Um, Obviously a tough start for OU baseball. They dropped two of three to Cal Baptist, but – Great crowds out at Mitchell Park all weekend long. We'll go in-depth on all those, plus Porter Moser and the wild finish between the Sooners and the Longhorns as we look back on the weekend that was in OU Athletics next. That's your top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on The Ref. All right, I um, I welcome back. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Hour three is brought to you by Moppin Roofing. Locally owned and operated in Oklahoma. Fully insured, licensed, and bonded mop and roofing. Serving all of Oklahoma and has been, has been in business for over 35 years. All right, listen, let's, let's recap the incredible calls from T-Row. You ready? Just, I, I, I think I'm okay to play these, but even if I'm not, they're just too good not to. Oh, you down three. Tega. Crossover, drive to the rim, lays it up, missed it. Godwin rebound, reverse layup, no good. Jalen Hill fighting for the rebound, brings it out. High to Sherfield, 10 seconds. Sherfield bounces right, three-pointer up for the tie. Got it! He got it! 6.7 to go, we're tied! No timeout. Carr brings it up, four seconds with three. Marcus Carr angles right with one. Shot at the buzzer, missed it. We're going to overtime in Austin. We're going to overtime in Austin. And in overtime, the Sooners scratched, clawed, and boy, they tried to fight their way back. But in the end, it was just too much. Jalen Hill looking to inbound. Comes into Godwin. Back to Hill. Hill brings it up with four. Jalen Hill drives to the baseline with two, surrounded, into the paint. Godwin put it up, missed it. Sam Godwin had to rush it. 
and he missed it, and Texas wins it by two in overtime. Just a heartbreaker right there. Great play. Jalen Hill did what he had to do, bring it across half court, found Sam Godwin there, just couldn't get it to go right at the end. So afterwards, as you might imagine, uh, Porter Moser, this team's they've not tapped out. They've continued to grind. Talk to Toby Post game. Obviously, but um, the fight these guys had, uh, and we got, you know, especially answering the bell when it got so loud. Yeah. Um, find a way to get in overtime. Um, you know, we had our opportunities in the first half. I think we, we missed, like, I think we went one for two from the foul line like three straight times. Um, did some things, but, um, you know, to find a way to get in in overtime. Um, and then battle back. We scored the first one, then they went on a little run and got up, I think, six or seven in overtime. And Correct. to find a way to battle back there as well. Um, that was, um, f- for us, it was... Um, uh, Chris Del Conte walking by Texas Athletic Director. Go ahead. No, um, and I just felt... Um, you know, disappointed for them because you know, that was a, that would have been a huge win for us. But so many big plays, but then so many plays we 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 could have done better. You know, we had a couple mindless turnovers. Yeah. You know, there's some turnovers out of commission, but we just like threw it through our hands on a press breaker, just went right through Otega's hands out of bounds. You know, you gotta you gotta cut up and come against the press and just you know gather yourself and know it and, and squeeze it. Um, you know, we had a couple turnovers going too fast, and I know we had some youthful mistakes out there with some of the young guys, um, but they, they they battled and in, in tough circumstances. I got to give Jabari Rice credit, though. That, that kid was phenomenal. Um, 24 points. Look at his efficiency. 24 points, no turnovers. Hit the big shots. When we were up, when we were up five or so, he hit two big back-to-back threes, hit a, a really crazy good pull-up, um, hit a big three in overtime. Uh, and in the first half, Brock Cunningham off the bench. I thought we were we were doing so many good things defensively, mm-hmm. um, and he had ten points off the bench in the first half. He's not normally known as a three-point shooter. He knocked down two big ones. Um, so mm-hmm. you got to give the credit to the, those two guys off the bench. Um, but uh, our guys battled. They really did. I mean, they're 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 crushed in there. You, you can tell they just they gave everything they got for this game, um, and uh, we came up short. Sooners fall on the road, and now, Josh, you know, you, again, I'm this team's NCAA hopes are dashed. It's all about winning the Big 12 tournament. And now, you, I mean, I'm, I found myself looking at NIT projections, for goodness sakes, and they're not even in on that mix right now. So I, I will say the incredible positive that I've taken – down the stretch of this season. And Milo Suzan looks like he can be a dude. So that um, that gets me excited about the future. I think that in in Bamasil, you've you've seen some hope. Otega Owe is really taken to the the starting line. I mean, Bamasil finished with 13 points and four boards, right? Um, when Sherfield hits shots, man, it's just I don't know how else to put it. It's just a different team, and that's why, that's why I'd be terrible, right, doing any post-game as a basketball coach or being a basketball coach. Like, hey, what was the key? We hit shots. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. I know tighter defense. You can do better things. But, man, hitting shots changes everything, and it sure did for the Sooners uh, for parts of Saturday. Yeah, they, they knocked down 8 of 23 from deep, nearly shot 50% from the, from the field, 48.3% to be precisely precise. But uh, – as you said, coaches will find things to talk about, and probably Coach Porter Moser's not thrilled that they let Texas shoot 47% from the floor. Yeah. Um, for the 918, 
You wonder why Scherf didn't get the last shot for three. They missed a two, and Scherf was hitting threes. We should have had Rice in check. We let him run loose, and he got 24. Go figure. Sioux City sooner, right? How many times can Carr carry the ball in a game? That was a drinky game we played this weekend. We were hammered. <laughs> um, someone writes, you start talking about it, and then you don't finish. What the hell happened with Fran? I, I did. They, did they think we were talking about? Uh, oh Man. gosh, why, why am I blanking on our guy who broadcasts games? Fran Fraschilla. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think maybe they were confused, but we, Fran McCaffrey got tossed out of the oh, Iowa game oh. last night. <laughs> is what we were talking about. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fran. The the <laughs> Iowa Headman's basketball coach got tossed. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. I didn't even think about that because I just it was like a passing comment. Yeah. It was now was he mad about the dunk? He was mad because they yes, they got the dunk and it should have been a ten second violation. Ah. Uh, and there's some history between he and Courtney Green, sorry. the uh, official last night. And I don't know if you saw the video replay, but there were some choice words that Fram McCaffrey had to say after he got that second technical. Um the 913 writes, that's so depressing. There are only that many games left. I love the Sooners, but honestly was hoping Saturday was the last one. Okay. Um, here's one from the 918. Does Plank know that OU baseball started? If so, why is he talking NBA, CBA, and NASCAR? Well, um, that was big story number five in the top five stories of the day. Just be just be happy we didn't spend uh, a dissertation segment on John Rahm winning the Genesis Invitational. Or Tiger Woods talking about the future of golf, which is coming up. Do you know, Ronnie Crimson, that um, OU softball started last weekend? Um, Gunny writes, nice run for Christopher Bell and NASCAR. I'm excited about his future. I really do. And um, then there's a bunch of text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line about speeding up the game, which we'll get to next. I've got Jenny Baranchek post-game. Did you know that women's basketball won again this weekend and are tied for the top spot in the Big 12? Did you know? I know, and now we're just tick-tocking down to Texas. Ooh, it's a big one. Well, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll hit the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And, yeah, I am, uh, in fact, I've been texting – with Poteezy, and it looks like we'll have Coach Baranchek one day this week. Maybe we can get Taylor Robertson to come on. We can talk about uh, how we've become besties on the bus ride back from Waco to Fort Worth. It's all coming up on a very busy home stretch here on The Ref. Man, I um, got a lot of text to roll through. Are you good with us just firing through them here, Josh? I got to hey, get caught up. I'm a man of the people. We want to hear from the people. 314 writes, I did notice the Big 12 Facebook page didn't post anything about the OU softball team at all until they lost. It's BS. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. They're going to gravy train the success, and they're going to celebrate the disappointments. I I will say, though, I thought it was – I. I I know it's crazy, but like Sports Center led last night with us losing. I was like, "Whoa, this is different." Okay. Um, I mean, it's a 
monumental upset. It Huge is. upset. Yeah, it really is. Baylor's good, but anytime anybody beats OU, it's, it's going to be a surprise. I will say. Save for maybe UCLA. I will say, though, after watching Longwood, I will never know how they beat a Power 5 program. No clue. Bless <laughs> it, their it was, hearts. It was that less than impressive? It was so bad. Um, let's see. No, that's kind of uh, Here's a good synopsis. Synopsis? Synopsis? Synopsis of the Oklahoma Weekend from the 402. Who writes, basketball had an eight-minute drought. Softball couldn't see or hit off speed from the Baylor pitcher, and baseball left way too many runners stranded. Sounds like a pretty good uh, summation of the weekend. I like Justin and Kuita. Been a listener since like day two on 1430. Why have I not downloaded the Ref app until today? So much more clarity and I can even pause it. Well done, gentlemen. Love the show. Well, first off, thanks for listening. Thanks for finding it. I got to do a better job of promoting the app. I listen to the app a lot. And in fact, we uh, I was listening to the app. Thursday, my drive down. It's 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 great. It's so well done. You don't have to get caught up in, in digging or searching for anything. One ad plays, and then boom, you're boom, into it. You're in. It's 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 great. I mean, now you try to open up, and again, it's I work for them, so I I can admit. But you try to open up the iHeart app. You're bombarded with sign up here. You got to do this. What's your favorite station? Personalize it. Nope. You got your first. Uh, per, personal favorite station right there boom yeah all you gotta do i think the mistake a lot of these other companies and you know whether it's radio stations whatever what they, they just too much into it like for a radio station people want to hear what's on the station they don't care about all that extra yeah no i just want what's going on gunny writes what was the deal with the baylor catcher that got annoying real quick yeah i don't know i zadie lavalley's their best catcher i don't I don't know if maybe they were resting her because I think she had caught a bit. But, you know, we are – I was talking about this on the broadcast. We're to – our last trip to Waco, we haven't played a weekend series at Waco since 2018 because um, 2020 – well, I guess it would be 2019. Is that right? No, 2018. That's right. Because 2020 COVID shut down the season. Then we went there in 21, and the weekend series got postponed because it was right after Baylor had won the national championship. They had a massive COVID outbreak on campus, so their softball program shut down. We ended up going like in a midweek series, and I've never seen it happen before. Glenn Moore, their head coach, had to pull his catcher mid at bat because she couldn't throw the ball. She got the yips, and I can't help but wonder if it's Coyasos and that's kind of just how she deals with throwing the ball back to the pitcher. Josh, she would every single pitch, you know, instead of just throwing it back, every pitch she would get up, walk in front of the plate, and then throw the ball back to the pitcher. Every single pitch. Even with nobody on base. There was never a time where she just threw it from where she was behind home plate. It was weird. Was, do you think there was some yips going on? I think – I'm pretty sure she was the same um, – catcher that we saw a couple of years ago that struggled uh, I because I know it I know it wasn't Zadie LaValle for the 405 guys it just shows you that you don't have to throw really hard to get batters out change speeds and move the ball around you have a pretty good shot to get batters out 
give credit to the Baylor pitcher. She had a really good changeup yesterday. Yeah, she did. And Oklahoma had owned her. So a good, good wake-up call. Jeff and DFW, great point here. It's disappointing that OU softball lost the game because we're so used to seasons like last year. But we shouldn't be worried. Patty likes having these tough. Uh, Patty likes having these tough games early, so the team can get used to playing at a high level early, before they get to the games that really count. Does Patty like having these tough games early, Plank? Can you comment know. on that? I don't know. I think she. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now we're we're ratcheted up, boys. This is a this is a dogfight of a schedule, and there isn't a layup on the schedule this weekend. Not a finger, not a one. It's tough, but it is, it is something else. Whenever you see a team respond in the way that it's supposed to respond. And in my time covering OU softball and based on the history of Patty Gasso, I think this team's going to respond. Uh, here's a couple. I want to be quick here because I don't want to have like a two-minute final segment. For the 405, softball, there's a big difference in Longwood, Stephen F. Austin, and Army, and then playing Baylor. It's almost like you play those three, then all of a sudden have to play a much better team. I feel like in softball it can be hard to see these obvious differences in pitches and how the ball is hit. Not making excuses, just an observation. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And it, I mean, you're in for all of these, every team, right? Not just OU, but you're also in a situation where, you know, you've got one, two, three, four teams that you're playing over a three-game stretch. Uh, you've got to scout every single one of them and have in-depth reports, and you don't want to get paralysis by analysis from everything that you're looking at, and then you don't want to dwell too much, and you can't look ahead. So, I mean, I, I just think it's real simple. I don't I think we had a really good at bats. I think JT would be the first one to tell you. And Jordy Ball had one bad half inning, and that was it. And even in that half inning, there was a chance to where, you know, you got to batter up with a runner at second and two outs. Just a slight bobble, slight bobble. And that was all it took. Yeah, I have no concerns about softball. Um, and then there's prediction time for the 918. Sooners take down tech. OU 81, Texas Tech 75. If the Sooners are hitting the three, it could get ugly early. Oh, yeah, baby. Here we go. You guys seen Texas Tech's actually playing better basketball? I mean, they went and won at West Virginia. Hey, this weekend. to Oklahoma's credit, they're playing better basketball this past week. Touche. Touche. All right. Put a wrap on the Plank Show with the best thing I found this weekend, a special treat for Josh Helmer next. All right, quick segment to put a wrap on the Plank Show right here on The Ref. What did we learn today? Well, we learned that everything's going to be okay for Sooner Softball, despite a tough loss in Waco. We'll see if Mother Nature cooperates. And we get to play some games this weekend in Palm Springs. Where's Dr. Kevin Clazel when we need him? We learned that the passion and energy was there for OU baseball. Needs some dubs. They lose two of three. We learned that Porter Moser's men's team is not tapped out. They fought hard. They got tech tomorrow night. And we also learned, Josh, that this Saturday, OU basketball will be playing for first place in the Big 12 when the women score off against Texas. And... Since the start of the 22-23 athletic slash academic year, kind of need a win over a Texas team. 
think we've beaten Texas in a sport yet. Let's go. But I have for you the greatest thing I found this weekend. The complaint letters to the Kansas City Star. Oh, man. And they published these, of course. And they published them. Janet Elaine Hinsel out of Liberty writes, I, for one, was sickened to see for the second time some chiefs even bragging through social media about how drunk they were afterwards. I am ashamed the players I cheer for could barely walk after they got off the bus. No doubt this spectacle made the news in other cities. This, what's this person thinking that you guys were just not having this, this parade being broadcast on live TV nationally? I didn't like that Mahomes speech. He <laughs> was a little sloppy. He sounded like the guy that's trying to make sure his buddies don't stop drinking with him. He, hey! needs, to be, he needs to be more like that Tom Brady character. Hey! Tom Listen, Brady would never act like that. It might be three in the morning. We ain't done. I still cannot stop watching Patrick Mahomes giving the Lombardi trophy to a random fan. <laughs> <laughs> he just forgot it. He just forgot it. Here you go, later. <laughs> Next time, Skip in Overland Park writes, Next time there's a victory plays. Uh, Victory Parade, please imbibe your alcohol privately and discreetly. Impressionable young people deserve better role models than what you've displayed twice. Yeah, I think most people understand it was just uh, people having a good time. I don't know, Josh. I think the NFL should suspend Patrick Mahomes forever. Yeah, I and bet. And not allow yeah. him to play another game. <laughs> All right, dude, have a great day. We'll be, uh, we'll be rolling again on a Tuesday. KJ Kindler, Ginny Baranchek, whenever she wants this week in advance of the big Texas game. Steel Man and Thune at noon or next. We'll see you tomorrow.